This is a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Protect me 
by thy power, hear my feeble plea, O Lord, look down on me, when I kneel in prayer, I hope to meet you there, blessed Jesus, hold my hand, when I kneel in prayer, I hope to meet you there, blessed Jesus, good neighbors this is the day the Lord has made let us rejoice and be glad in it today we start the Advent season with the lighting of the Advent wreath with these words Jeremiah proclaims the promise the days are surely coming says the Lord I will appoint a righteous ruler and my people will be saved this is the candle of hope and it illuminates God's promise we await the coming of Christ. 
at his birth and at the end of time, we await the coming of Christ. With hope in our hearts, we wait. We'll confess together our sins and hear the proclamation of forgiveness. We confess our sins before God and one another. Ever-present God, we come before you in need of grace. Too often our thoughts are judgmental and condemning of others. Too often our worlds are sarcastic or harsh, as harmful as weapons. Too often our actions are motivated by selfishness and we do not recognize the hurt or need in others. Forgive us, O God, and draw us back into right relationship with you, our neighbors, and your creation. Hear the proclamation, the promise is sure. Christ's advent is near, and in Christ we are forgiven all our sin. Know that you are a beloved child, a beloved child of God, and be strengthened in all goodness. Amen. You are listening to a Neighbors United in Christ Parish Worship Service, sponsored by the Lutheran Churches of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity. My name is Lauren Tague, and thanks today to Jim Haugrud and Debbie Tague, our musicians, Steve Helling, our reader and provider of the children's message, and our recording engineer is Brad Anderson. You are able to join us by NUIC podcast and at 8 a.m. each Sunday morning on WPCA Radio 93.1 FM and its live internet stream on www.wpcaradio.org. If you'd like to help sponsor these services or donate to our ministry, you can contact us by phone at 715-268-9577, by mail at NUIC Parish, 1578 85th Avenue, Amory, Wisconsin, and through our website at www.nuicparish.org. Today's radio broadcast is sponsored by Pete and Diane Fall. We want to thank them and WPCA Radio for this broadcast. Some announcements. Next Sunday we'll be at Little Falls at 9.30 for worship, and tonight December 3rd, there will be a love light service. At 5 o'clock, there will be a chilly supper. It doesn't mean it will be a cold supper. It just means there will be a chilly supper. And at uh, 6 o'clock, there will be a program. The church is anywhere people gather in Jesus' name. Even when we are not together in a church building, God continues to be present in the creative and intentional ways that we gather for worship. Therefore, wherever you are at this time, worshiping in Jesus' name, your present location is the church. You may want to have a cloth to lay before you, a candle and a cross to enhance your worship space. We, uh, you may also want to have Bible or Bibles for the kids and other materials to help them worship. As we begin worship, it is our desire to honor God, to open our hearts to the spirit of God's love and presence and begin with the invocation. Dedicating this hour to the presence and purposes of God, we worship together. With God the creator, 
Jesus our Savior, and the Spirit our breath of life. Now I hope you can join us as we sing our gathering songs. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Thank you, Deb and Jim, for those songs, and we continue with the litany. God's promises are sure to Abraham and Sarah for a son and descendants beyond number, to Jacob's descendants enslaved in Egypt for liberation and a land of their own, to David for his descendants to sit on the throne forever, to Israel for a Messiah to restore their kingdom torn apart by foreign powers, to us 
for that same Messiah who is Jesus, whose birth we await in the season for Advent. To us, for that same Messiah, whose death and resurrection destroyed death forever and united us with God. To us, for that same Messiah, who will come again at the end of time to restore all things. God keeps God's promises today and always. We continue with the prayer of the day. God of promise, stir up in us the anticipation of this holy season of waiting. Fill our hearts with hope for the Messiah's coming and give us patience for your time is not our time and we do not know the day or the hour. Amen. I encourage you now to share a sign of peace. Bless yourself or someone worshiping with you today, beginning with a touch on the forehead and using the Trinity formula. Be blessed, or I am blessed in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We'll now turn to the Holy Scriptures and the children's sermon. The first reading is from Jeremiah, chapter 33, verses 14 through 18. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days, at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved, and Jerusalem will live in safety. And this is the name by which it will be called, the Lord is our righteousness. For thus says the Lord, David shall never lack a man to sit on the throne of the house of Israel. And the Levitical priest shall never lack a man in my presence to offer burnt offerings, to make grain offerings, and to make sacrifices for all time. Here ends the first reading. Good morning, young neighbors. Did you have a fun Thanksgiving? I hope you had a chance to see lots of cousins, aunts, uncles, grandparents, and friends. Did you eat too much? I know I did. Now that Thanksgiving is behind us, what is the next big holiday? That's right, Christmas. So what's so important about Christmas? Presents? Vacation? The birth of Jesus Christ in Bethlehem. We have a name for this season, it's called Advent. How many of you have seen an Advent wreath? We have one right here in this church, and some of you may even have one at home. Our lessons over the next four weeks will center around the season of Advent, which means arrival, coming. So we're getting ready to celebrate what? The birth of Jesus. Each candle teaches us a different life lesson Jesus wants us to learn, and more importantly, use in our daily lives. The circle of the wreath shows God's never-ending love for us. The evergreens symbolize everlasting life, even in the middle of winter. The lit candles shine light into darkness. Jesus is the light of the world. Yeah, I got a question for you. What song does that remind you of? This little light of mine. You sing it very often at jam. We're going to talk about the candles and what they mean to us as we get closer to Jesus' birth. The first candle is the prophet's candle. It signifies hope. It is purple to represent royalty, representing God's reign and love for the world. In our first reading today, Jeremiah tells God's people that he promises to bring them a savior. 
who is it? That's right, it's Jesus. Remember this too? John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. That sounds pretty hopeful to me. The world can be a crazy place. This has been true from the very beginning. We have hope that even when things go wrong in our lives, God and Jesus will be there to help us find our way back to peace. We look forward to the time too when Jesus comes back. We hope that people will find out about Jesus and accept his love. So, how will people that don't know Jesus find out about him? Television? The internet? Newspapers? Magazines? Where? Well, from us. We are to share Jesus' love for us with others. This time of year is special to many people, but they may not understand where Christmas came from. Remember, it is not about the presents, it's about the birth of Jesus. Don't be afraid to share the true reason for the season. Now, for those of you that are listening to the service, we have attached a link to our website for you to color your own Advent wreath. Just go to www.nuicparish.org and look under Advent to download your very own Advent wreath. Let's bow our heads and fold our hands for a short prayer. Dear God and Jesus, thank you for loving us no matter what. Help us to understand and live the true meaning and magic of Christmas. Help us to share the story with others who don't know you yet. In your name we pray. Amen. The Holy Gospel according to Mark, chapter 8, verses 27 to 29. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi, and on the way he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they answered him, John the Baptist, and others, Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. He asked them, but who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, You are the Messiah, the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Here comes Jesus. See him walking in the water. He'll lift you up. And he'll help you to stand. of the waves that roll. Here comes Jesus. He'll make you whole. Here comes Jesus. See him talking to the leper. He'll lift you Jesus, 
See him standing in the garden He'll lift you up And he'll help you to stand Oh, here comes Jesus He's the master of the future Here comes And now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. I love that song, Here Comes Jesus. It's a song we sang for about 15 months when I was on a team to Africa. And the text uh, is what we ended up with after singing that song and some other pieces. And uh, it just reminded me of a story where we were down in Iowa uh, doing a program and we did this part of the program and a young man who had uh, uh, been away from the church and I don't know why he came to church that night or the youth group if it was a girlfriend or something that invited him but anyway he was there and he started hearing this uh, part of the program and then this question came up but who do you say that I am and then we would go out into the audience and ask different people who they said Jesus was. And he said, I knew one of you guys was going to come up and talk to me. And sure enough, Jim, one of our teammates, went up and asked him, who do you say that Jesus is? And he said, I didn't have an answer. And it bothered me for a week. And finally, I had to come to grips as to who Jesus was. It was four years later, we were sitting in a meeting and he was volunteering or was going to serve for the next year on a team going to India. This Jesus had caught hold of him and now he was ready to proclaim who he was. Today's message is going to have some of that feel to it. Because in a sense, we all have to be asked that question. Maybe we'll put it in terms of, you know, if Jesus had had a fair trial, there were, probably would have been some witnesses that would have been called forward who were uh, probably advantageous for the court to hear about who Jesus was. But as we know, everything was negative just before the crucifixion. So today I'd like to have us just kind of take a look at some people who if you will, would be witnesses. I'd like to call the first witness. He's a witness of a lad about 12 years old. You have heard stories and read about this young man, but they didn't give me a name. I was only called a lad. My parents were very devout people living in the faith and the heritage of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they named me after their favorite prophet, a man who had the courage to point a love finger of accusation at King David. And we heard that Jesus was coming our way, and uh, we lived not too far from the beautiful Sea of Galilee, and so that day I went to Capernaum. And there gathered a whole group of people on the countryside, a large crowd, 
I got permission from my parents to attend this exciting gathering. My mom gathered, or was very thoughtful, prepared a lunch, which I placed in a small brown leather bag, some small dried fish and two loaves. And when I came to the sloping hills overlooking the beautiful Sea of Galilee, they had already gathered. Some said as many as 5,000. It was difficult to see, but I was there and I was hoping I'd get to stand face to face with the stranger of Galilee, but I couldn't get into his presence. And as the day wore on, I wanted to eat my lunch, but it seemed like nobody else had the lunch, and I, so I thought I'd wait till later. But then a man tapped me on the shoulder and said, follow me, and suddenly I was in the very midst of the 12 and standing face to face with the stranger of Galilee. He looked at me, a lad of 12, as no one had ever looked at me before. He made me feel that I was as tall as Andrew who had come to bring me into his presence. He reached out and asked for my lunch, which I gave him readily. Then I saw him take, then what I saw take place in my presence, he divided my meager fare and fed the multitude. It was a miracle, they said. However, I had a feeling that those who ate the bread and the fish soon forgot how they came by it. But I'll never forget the day I met the stranger of Galilee. You see, the real miracle took place in my heart because I thought that he could do that with fish and bread. What he could do there, he could do with my life. And I, I think... I shall love him forever. Let's call the second witness. It's a tax collector. His name is Zacchaeus. Well, you know about Zacchaeus. He was given authority by Rome to collect taxes. He amassed a certain amount of money which uh, he was able to collect and he collected in any way that he chose and so he would charge people double and keep half and you can understand why I was a very despised man. He never could meet anyone in the street who would give him a smile or a word of encouragement. Rather, they sought to avoid him. And word came that the stranger of Galilee was coming to our city, he said. Out of curiosity, I made my way into the streets where there was a crowd already. And being short, as you know, I climbed a tree. And then I saw him. I caught the glimpse of his eye. For a moment I was shocked, for I hoped that he would not call the attention of the crowd to my presence. But I soon forgot about that because I saw in his eye a love and acceptance that I'd never seen before. And I could not believe what happened to me. He invited me down. And there, before all the townspeople who hated me, he greeted me and we walked together and he said, I'm eating at your home today. As we sat down to the meal, the radiant presence of his person, the integrity of his being and the holiness of his bearing made this vile life of mine seem unworthy. And I felt very uncomfortable. And I said to him, I shall return all that I have wrongfully taken and ask for forgiveness. I became a changed man and life will never be the same for me. 
Now I think I could love him forever. Well, let's move on to the third witness. A woman of Samaria. Her name is Rachel, and she says, I'm a Samaritan living near uh, in, in Samaria, where people have always worshipped, believing it to be a sacred place. My name, or my place in society, wasn't very good. In fact, I went to the well that day because I was trying to avoid people because every time I went there, people abused, wouldn't look, despised me because everybody in that town knew I had four husbands and I was living with a man who was not my husband. I knew I was the subject of gossip. So I went alone. And then suddenly... I wasn't alone. I sought to avoid him because I knew he was a Jew and would not have want to speak to me, a Samaritan, nor I to him. But he engaged me in conversation. He even asked me if he might beg of me a drink of water. We had quite a discussion there that day. He told me all that I had ever done. He knew my life. He read my desires and his eyes penetrated my soul. We talked about worship, my people. I said, we were worship here on this mountain and your people worship in Jerusalem. But he said something very important to me and I'll never forgotten it. I'll never forget it. He said this time or the time is coming and now is when people shall worship God in spirit and in truth. Didn't matter which mountain. And then he offered me a drink. And he said, I can give you water of refreshment that will be inside you. A well springing up eternally within you, always refreshing you. And you'll never be thirsty again. I didn't totally understand what he meant. But I've never, and I've never seen him since. But remembering that day when I met the stranger of Galilee, I remember what he said, and it warms my heart. And there wells up within me a spring of refreshment. I too think I can love him forever. Let's go on to the next witness. It's a beggar. His name is Bartholomew. He was born blind. And he says, all my life I have sat in the gate of Jerusalem begging alms, knowing the scorn of the crowds and people who walk past. Sometimes there'd be some who would give a loaf of bread or a dried fish. And then word came that a stranger from Nazareth who had been preaching in Galilee was coming. I'd heard all the stories and I hoped. And as the word crowd came along, I understood from the remarks that the stranger of Galilee was here. And hope welled up within my soul, thinking maybe this was the Messiah. And I shouted out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. But then one of his followers demanded I be quiet and not disturb the master. 
Ah, for a moment, my heart was filled with pain and disappointment. Hope was gone. But then a voice I'd never heard before, and I realized that the stranger of Galilee was standing in my presence. He touched my life and restored my sight. And now I know I can love him forever. Well, we go to the next witness, an anonymous woman. And this one was a tough one because she'd been living in adultery. She had tried to stay anonymous and tried to stay out of the spotlight so nobody would know because she knew if they found out, she was, would be stoned to death. She lived in fear. And so there she was that day. And she says, when I discovered in my sin and I was dragged from my home on the way to the outskirts of the city where they planned to stone me to death and leave my broken body, we met the stranger of Galilee. For just a moment, hope rose up in my heart thinking that maybe in him was help. He confronted the mob with his calm assurance and his penetrating eyes and I soon sensed that many in the mob did not like him either. They threw me down at his feet and asked him to pass judgment, knowing that whatever he said about whether I should be stoned or set free would be against them. His verdict would be a trap. I heard his voice, yet calm, and yet with strength and power and challenge. Above the angry shouting of the mob, he simply said, Hey, who, who among you that is without sin, you cast the first stone. And when he said, cast the first stone, I drew the muscles in my body taut, thinking that any moment the first stone would be thrown, and then another and another until the end. But the crowd began to hush a little. And the stranger of Galilee stooped by my side and began writing something in the sand. I opened my eyes just enough to see and know what he was doing. I wish now I had read what he wrote, but in my heart I think he wrote the greatest love letter that was ever written. Suddenly I realized the mob had disappeared and only he and I were there in the street. He lifted me to my feet and said, go and sin no more. And my life was changed forever. You know, I think I can love him forever. Well, let's go call one of the fishermen, the big fisherman, if you will. You know, the one called Simon Peter. He had heard this preacher, and when he heard the words, follow me, he followed. Wasn't totally sure why, it just came about, and he dropped the nets and he went and followed this person. And it came this time that we have in our gospel text where Jesus is asking, you know, who do people say that I am? And everyone else was talking about Elijah, John the Baptist. But something inside of me, he says, a strange feeling I never had before, and in answer to his question, I blurted out, thou art the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And he said to me, Simon, flesh and blood did not reveal that to you, but my Father in heaven. 
Huh. And from that time on, I became known as Peter, which means rock. What a blessing that was. But yet I still remember that as a rock, I wasn't always so much that way. When people accused me of being a follower of Jesus, I denied it. And Jesus saw me and he said, I love you anyway. I went out into the dark and wept bitterly. And I remember that moment and in remembering it, I know how very much I shall always love him. Well, let's go to a Roman then. The sixth witness would bring up and he was the Roman centurion in command of a hundred people and by Pilate's order he was commanded to crucify the stranger of Galilee to put him to death. It was an strange experience for him for many times he had been ordered to put people to death. But he says this time was different, never before had I heard one hanging on the cross near death pray for those who had driven the nails into his hands. Then I saw the look on his face as he struggled and finished his life. Out of the depths of my soul, I said, surely this is the Son of God. I shall never forget the stranger of Galilee. And I am commanded to love him forever. Well, let's go to our seventh witness, and our next to last one. You know him as Doubting Thomas. I was told that Jesus could heal the blind, the sick, and the lame, and I doubted it. And when the news came to me that after three days in the tomb he had come to life, I doubted that too, until he came before us and invited us to put my hand in his nail-scarred hands. I did, and I believed. And I exclaimed, my Lord and my God. And you may say it was a miracle. The miracle is not really having any hand in the nail-pierced hand of one who has come back from the dead. The miracle is living in my heart. And you ask me how I know he lives? He lives within my heart. And now I can love him forever. And now we come to the eighth witness. And who do you suppose that would be? It's not one of the biblical characters, but somebody like those witnesses. It's you. It's the real question that you have to ask as the eighth witness. And as you know, there's been millions of witnesses since. But Jesus asks you today, but who do you say that I am? I hope you can join a blind beggar, a fisherman, a tax collector who is a swindler, a cheat, a woman who was a cheat and didn't know how to know what commitment meant, a woman who was accused of adultery and about to be stoned to death, a centurion who lived by the sword, a doubting Thomas, and even a young lad. Think about it. Does their witness speak to your heart? But more than just their witness, do you see Jesus in your life? And if you do, 
Who do you say that he is? Is he just a prophet, a teacher, just someone who is nice and good? Or do you see the resurrected one, the Messiah that we wait for today, to come again, to call us and to bring us home, to a new heaven and a new earth, where life will be dramatically changed. But in the meantime, what we say and what we do makes a difference for this world. May you have joy in sharing, as Peter blurted out, you are the Son of God. Amen. I serve a risen Savior, he's in the world today. I know that he is living, whatever man may say. I see his hand of mercy, I hear his voice of cheer. And just the time I need him, he's always near. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. In all the world around me, I see his loving care. And though my heart grows weary, I never will despair. I know that he is leading through all the stormy blasts. The day of his appearing will come at last. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. Rejoice, rejoice, O Christian, lift up your voice and sing. Eternal hallelujahs to Jesus Christ the King. The hope of all who seek him, the help of all who find. None other is so living, so good and kind. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. Let us confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffering under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again, and he ascended into heaven 
and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. of the coming Messiah, we pray for the church, the world, and all in need. Bring healing and wholeness to those who are living with physical or mental illness or other difficulties. Especially, we remember the, the families of Maury Nicholson and Joyce Anderson. We also remember Kelsey Zamuda, Jim Curtis, Ron Lee, Pat and Lucille Trofe, Jim Wade, Helen Erickson, Ron Wilson, Julie Dubois, Scott Morgan, Randy Goglin, Ida Martinson, Helen Jorgensen, Becky Anderson, Shirley Lenz, Viola Haugerud, Dean Muse, Jean Hoisington, Halen Hoisington, Pete and Diane Fall, Joyle Anderson, Vernon Lee, Chuck Bow, and Lisa, God of promise, help us to show our comfort and care through our support of them and those who care for them. In mercy, hear our prayer. Strengthen peacemakers in war-torn communities throughout the world, that all might work together to bring about your reign of justice and peace for all people. God of promise, in mercy, hear our prayer. We lift all our prayers, spoken and unspoken, into your loving arms, trusting in your love and mercy, through Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Lord, listen to your children praying. Lord, send your Spirit in this place. Lord, As people of faith, we are called to continue strengthening the ministry of the church, even when we are physically distant. We invite you to prayerfully consider making a donation to our parish, your home congregation, the synod, or somewhere else where the work of the body of Christ is being done to love and serve our neighbors. Gracious and holy God, bless these tithes and offerings we have given for the sake of the kingdom. Let the grace and generosity of the Father be the light that guides us, the compassion of the Son be the love that inspires us, and the presence of the Spirit be the power that moves us. When the church celebrates Holy Communion, 
we gather with all the saints from every time and place to hear again the story of God's power and the love shown to us through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, This is my body broken for you. Do this as oft as ye eat it in remembrance of me. And again after supper he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it for all to drink, saying, This is my blood shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. When we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death and resurrection until he comes. Let's pray the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now let us taste and see that the Lord is good. Take the bread or wafer, and as you eat it, hear this promise from Jesus, the body of Christ broken for you. Take the wine or grape juice, and as you drink it, hear the promise from Jesus, the blood of Christ shed for you. Now may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you to life everlasting. Amen. Called to walk together as the body of Christ, let us abide with one another in peace. Thanks be to God. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you a favor and grant you peace. Amen. Thank you for listening to a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Our podcast is supported by our three congregations of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity Lutheran Churches, our small town churches in Amor, Wisconsin. If you feel so moved to donate, please visit us online at nuicparish.org. That's nuicparish.org. Until next time. Through every day, for all